guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 15. And in this episode, I want to talk about what comes after zone two training. And a few weeks ago, I did a full episode all about zone two. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and check it out. But I want to take a second real quick before we dive into that topic. I want to kind of give you an update like about my training because I don't think I've done that in a while and I've gotten some questions from you guys. So basically, I spent the whole month of February getting into the swing of things. So if you remember, January, I walked every day 15,000 steps and then February... I've been using this time to just figure out my schedule, what days I would run and ride and lift. And then I kind of just set about making it happen, trying to be consistent and then adjusting as necessary with the goal of just starting out the year slowly and building from there. I think a lot of times, I know sometimes I have a tendency and I know other people do to just kind of hit the ground running, no pun intended, and just charge into their training plan when really they could actually benefit from kind of this slow introduction, kind of a ramping up. So that's what I've been doing. And this is also when I've started all of my zone two work beginning to just log lots of miles and hours out on the roads and a a couple, you know, trail runs here and there, keeping an eye just on my watch to see that I was staying in zone two as best as I could, probably going way above or way below at certain times, but focusing on zone two for the majority of the hours or the miles. And March is actually going to be pretty much more of the same, building my base so that I have a lot to draw from when it comes time to take things up a notch. Now, I know that lots of people don't like this phase of training. Like I said, they just want to hit the ground running, but honestly, it's my favorite. It's a time when things are pretty low key and I just get to go out and enjoy walking or jogging or running, depending on what the objective of the workout is. And There's not a lot of pressure to really do anything other than just cruise right along. And as you guys know, that's kind of like my preferred speed. I know that you guys have told me that you don't enjoy zone two. I've seen it in comments and in DMs and in emails. And I think like the overarching theme is that you don't enjoy it mostly because it's a slower pace than what you're used to. And it doesn't perhaps feel like you're doing any real work. But I just want to kind of validate this because that's how zone two is supposed to feel. Okay. So if you're feeling like you're doing something wrong because you're not totally exhausted by the end of your zone two run, nope, (laughs) you're doing just fine, right? This is how zone two is supposed to feel like right underneath that threshold of work. And it can be tough to fight the urge to go faster. I totally get it, especially if this is your first go around with zone two. It almost feels like counterintuitive to everything that you've heard or practiced as a runner because most often we glorify runners for how fast they are and not like we don't really use the metric of we don't really talk to one another like hey how did your zone two run go or like hey how how low can you get your heart rate and still and still stay running instead of walking so 
It's okay. <laughs> like zone two, fight the urge to go faster, really spend some time in zone two because aerobic capacity, what you're doing in zone two is necessary for speed down the road. So hang in there. <laughs> this is where you would like look to your right and see the poster of the kitten hanging from the tree branch with the phrase hang in there on there. <laughs> okay. So just kind of keep that in mind. And um, one other thing, like I've learned over the years to really enjoy this phase. And this is why I tell you guys how much I like this because when it's over, when zone two kind of base building is over, things get more difficult. <laughs> okay. And that's not to say that when you're done building zone two, that every workout becomes the hardest workout of your life, but certain workouts are going to be significantly harder. There's no more sort of lounging around, leisurely strolling through zone two every day, right? In that other episode, in that um, zone two podcast episode, we talk about how there should always be some zone two in your training, but as you move out of this phase, there's going to be less of it. And while I'm kind of in this neighborhood talking about this stuff, I want to bring up something else and perhaps it might even warrant its own separate podcast episode, but we'll just kind of talk about it now. I think it's important to keep in mind that there needs to be differentiation in your workouts, meaning some days are going to be really easy, like a zone two day, and some days are going to be really hard. And we'll get to a little bit more detail on this in a second. But one of the mistakes that many people make is that they put forth the same effort during every run. So every time you head out the door, your roots are the same, your pace is the same, your effort is the same. But when it comes to training and creating adaptation and change in the body, we need to vary the stimulus. So keeping your effort at the same level all of the time tells the body, basically, this is it. I don't expect any more from you. And it, it's going to get really comfortable and efficient at that level because you never you never go beyond that. And then once you do try to push beyond that level, it's going to feel like a Herculean effort to try to do that. So all that to say, sort of respect the plan, trust the process, like do the zone two work. And then as you go forward, go easy on the easy days and hard on the hard days. Create that line of distinction between your efforts. And this will help you to get to where you want to go faster because the alternative is a slow sort of slog through your training plan where you feel like nothing is happening because that's exactly what's going on. You're not doing anything. You're just, it's like Groundhog Day. You're repeating the same workout over and over and you might, you know, add some miles here or there, or maybe there's one or two hills, but essentially you're repeating the same thing. So really think long and hard, have a look at your plan and try to figure out like, is everything the same? And this is where recording, you know, having the data, you know, having a heart rate um, monitor or using your Garmin or whatever device you're using to have a look at those days and match them up. Like this was supposed to be an easy day. Was my heart rate actually easy? this was supposed to be a hard day. Does my heart rate or my pace reflect that? So maybe you're not doing heart rate training, but you should have some sort of metric to evaluate how you're doing 
in addition to your perception, how you feel about that effort. Okay. So a little off track there, but I, I, I did want to go there because it's going to come in handy for you in the future to try to create that distinction. All right. So back to my training overall, like I'm in a really good place training wise, I'm logging some solid weeks and some miles, getting some time on my indoor trainer to build up my zone too. And we didn't really talk about this, but having my bike on the trainer and doing some weekly rides there allows me to have some more time in zone two without having to put more pounding on the pavement because the quite frankly the trails here aren't really ready and so I'm spending a lot of time on the pavement so having that trainer is really helpful in getting zone two work without the negative kind of pounding effects of running and I will say, and this should come as no surprise to you guys, I'm seriously ready for the weather to turn so that the trails can thaw out and I don't have to wear so many layers. It's always it's always a guessing game every day when I get up, how many layers am I going to need today and what part of my face might get windburn or a little bit of frostbite. <laughs> so this week, the weather is supposed to take a little bit of a turn, maybe some snow, but then warm up a little bit. So I'm very excited about that. And in addition to all of that other stuff, I'm getting as much mobility work in as I can and paying specific attention to my hips and my ankles. If you guys follow me over on Instagram, you'll see some of that work that I'm doing and just trying to become as resilient as possible. I'm, I'm constantly looking for weak spots or places that I don't move so well and searching out ways to improve that range of motion and control those ranges so that I can kind of injury proof myself. Now that's like kind of a pretty broad blanket statement, but we get injured in the places and spaces where we either can't move or we're totally kind of oblivious to like we don't recognize that our movement isn't as high quality as it could be so that's kind of why I'm such a huge proponent of the daily shakedowns that I do and that we're doing in the run farther faster stronger group and um I have put a link to it before but maybe it it warrants me doing it again here or in a future episode to an example of a daily shakedown that I have up on YouTube that you can do every single day to try to help get better at assessing how you move, right? So yeah, that and oh yeah, my strength workouts, doing those each week, even if that means doing one set in the morning, one at, you know, lunchtime and one in the afternoon, whatever it takes to get it done. Because I've officially got 13 weeks until my first race of the year, my 50K. So overall, I feel like I'm in a good place. Although I could certainly use some more hills <laughs> in my life because this race is going to have like about 3000 feet of elevation game. And I'm trying not to rush my zone two training, but I'm feeling a little bit of a pull to do some more hills. So that's kind of what I did last week, but we can talk about that um, at another time. So yeah, that's basically the update from over here. So some of you guys have actually hit me up via email or social media recently to talk about training, which I love, 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 love. So I'd be curious to hear from any of you guys that haven't done that yet. Like, how is your training going? Okay. 
what comes after zone two. So a couple of episodes ago, we talked about zone two. What is it? How do you go about calculating it? Um, What are your zones? What this kind of training does for you, like the whole thing. And as I mentioned, this is something that I'm working on in my own training. And it's also the focus for many of the runners in the Run Farther Faster Stronger group right now. So it's kind of like I'm immersed in zone two these days. But an interesting question came up as part of our group discussion the other night. And that is, what comes after zone two? And it's such a good question that I wanted to devote some time to talking about it here because my guess is that lots of you listening probably have the same question. Um, And just as a quick note, back in episode four of the podcast, we talked about how to write your own kick-ass training plan. So if you haven't listened to that one and, and gotten the download, there's a PDF download that goes along with that one. I would highly recommend that you do that because we're gonna kind of reference some stuff from that episode as well. The next phase after building your base, building your zone two, is actually the build phase. And this is where you start to increase your mileage and where you start to add in some kind of like other types of run workouts, stuff that's more race specific. So when this question originally came up in the group, I did like the Uber coach thing, which is to follow a question with a question. And I didn't do it to be a pain in the ass, but I did it because the answer to what comes after zone two is highly dependent on this very question. And so the question that I asked was, what are you training for? To illustrate this, I made a PDF with two examples and I'll put the link to this in the show notes. So if you want to go download it, you can, but we're going to talk about it here as well. And so for this, I'll use myself as an example and we'll just kind of run through one of the scenarios that's part of that PDF. So basically, like I told you in the beginning, I'm training for a 50K trail race with 3000 feet of elevation. That's the first race that I'm going to do this year. So once I'm done with my zone two training, I need to start doing two things. The first thing is building my mileage. And the second thing is adding in race specificity. And honestly, those are the two things that you need to do regardless of what type or distance race you're doing. But the difference is how you go about doing it. So back to my example here for a second, I'm going to start adding in Um, longer midweek runs and weekend runs. And I'll just do this by adding a little bit of mileage here and there, just based on schedule and time available. And that's how I like to just slowly build my mileage. And I keep track of how far I go. Obviously, I'm a huge proponent of training plans. And I kind of figure out how my body responds to the distance. And I use that information to inform whether I need to adjust up or down. And at the same time, I'm also going to start peppering in some race-specific workouts to help my body acclimate to the conditions that I'll face on race day. So that means hills. (laughs) So more time on the trails, which won't be a problem, and hills, which also aren't difficult to find around me here. So I'll need to practice going up, running down, probably doing that repeatedly. I'll need to practice making the walk-run transition. Um, recovering after a hard hill effort, probably practicing uh, dropping my heart rate, getting back into that zone to groove in order to 
you know, cover as much ground as efficiently as possible without losing time. And I'll also need to do some speed work to start to increase my pace or speed up a little bit because I don't want to be in jeopardy of missing the time cutoff. And I I don't think that that's a problem for this race, but there's never any downside to doing a little bit of speed work to just keep that pace up. So these are all examples of ways that I'll start to incorporate race specificity into my training plan. Now on that PDF, I also give you another race example. I think I used a fast, flat half marathon. And I go through some of the stuff that I would recommend that you do if that's the kind of race that you're doing. So if you're interested, like I said, I put that into the show notes so you can go and download that. Um, But plain and simple, That's what comes after zone two. Now, I want you to start to think about your upcoming race or races and your training plan. And one of the things that I brought up on the group call the other night was the idea of free training plans that you can find on the internet and how they're not, not at all, a one size fits all solution. There are two things that they don't factor in. One is the specific race that you are doing. So this is exactly what we've been talking about. Conditions, terrain, all of the stuff that's specific to that race. That isn't factored into typically a training plan. Most of those plans that you're going to see online are based on distance only. And the second thing that those plans don't factor in, which is even more important, is you, right? They don't know you, So they're just a blanket template for a plan that has worked for somebody in the past to get them from where they were when they started to where they wanted to go. And there's actually been a lot of discussion in our group about a specific plan put out by a female professional runner and how, quite frankly, it's really brutal in terms of the overall mileage that she suggests. And I've actually seen people's comments in other running Facebook groups talking about this same um, plan and how a few runners have attempted to use this plan as their own. And they've all mentioned how hard it was um, to even make the low end of the recommended mileage work um, for their schedules and their bodies. They just... They just can't, can't wrap their brains around it, can't wrap their bodies around it. Like they just, it just doesn't work. So again, free plans are great templates, but I want to remind you that they weren't specifically written for you, right? So you've got to experiment with them, make adjustments to account for those two factors that I mentioned above your race and you, your schedule, your body, your injury history, like all of that is super important. So, all right. So what happens after zone two? This is where you silently answer me in your car or on your run or wherever you're listening to it. Um, the, the answer is we build mileage and race specificity. Okay. So I just want to mention that if you're struggling with how to do these things, or perhaps you are listening to this when you're someplace where you can't really take notes or you're kind of just half listening to me, check out that PDF that I mentioned. You can get it in the show notes and it will kind of run through in a little bit more detail, some ways, some actual tangible ways that that you can start to incorporate some of these specific workouts into your training plan. But also, you know, if you need one-on-one help 
Like, let me know. Spots in this round of the Run Farther Faster Stronger group are sold out, but I have one-on-one coaching spots available. So just shoot me an email and let's chat about how to get you a training plan that's tailored to you and your race. Because look, like above all you guys, the whole reason that I coach athletes why I'm doing this podcast is because I want to help more people enjoy running and specifically ultra running. I'm not an elite athlete. (laughs) I'm a normal, typical kind of everyday athlete that just decided to challenge herself to see what she could do. And as it turns out, when I put my mind to it, I'm capable of some pretty epic shit. And so are you. So I hope that you're mapping out some epic running adventures of your own using what I'm sharing here to help you get there. And as always, I love to hear what you guys are up to. So send me an email, tell me what kind of race specific stuff you're adding to your plan. You could post about it on Instagram and tag me at findyourultra. And, you know, if it turns out that you get into this process and you need some additional guidance along the way, well, you know where to find me. Enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon. Thank you.